there, my friends. Welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I am once again here with you on the Fat Guy Forum. Glad to have you here today. Let's welcome this week's guest. His name is Dean Massa. Dean, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Gourmet. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I'm glad to have you here, man. We're, we've been connected on Instagram, and this week you said, you know, I'd like to join the conversation, so we set it up, and here we go. I'm, I'm excited for it, man. Let's, let's, let's get into it then. Tell us, man, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? You know, looking back at, like, the pictures of when I was in high school, I, in my, in my mind, con- I conceived the thought I was actually bigger than I thought I was until I saw the pictures when I was, you know, much older. Um, but later on in life, you know, I became very heavy, struggled with my weight, uh, had the ups and downs. Uh, at my heaviest, uh, I was 425, um, lost 190 pounds or so, and then had some challenges and uh, gained my weight back and, you know, had the struggles of, you know, typical person with, you know, eating disorder and, and stuff like that. Well, let's, um, I, I think that person, I, one, I want to, I want to know like that. Look, when you talked about looking back on pictures, I think a lot of us go through that. Like it's, it, it's what leads to that meme of if, if only I, you know, I wish I was as big as I was when I thought I was fat, you know, many years mm-hmm. ago, like our, our perceptions definitely come into play and getting to a high of, of 425, like you're in your best estimation, like where, you know, what brought you to that point? Uh, you know, okay. So initially, initially what had happened was in, uh, in 06, uh, I was on a weight loss journey and was on a sidewalk jogging to work and was hit by a car, broke my, my legs and hurt my back and stuff. And, uh, was in the healing process, starting doing well for a few years. And then in 2018, I re-injured myself and mentally I just took a downturn. Physically, I wasn't able to really walk much and my mental strength just deteriorated. And, you know, all the tools and tricks and stuff that I was implementing you know all those years kind of just went out the door i just kind of had this i didn't care attitude so all my weight started coming on little by little i'm watching my you know my weight go up and just feeling worse and worse and before i knew it you know i was 425 and you know i i determined to or decided to you know go the weight loss surgery route because I was just at a loss for trying to do it myself. Because I've been the last several years, I've been trying to get back on track with losing my weight, and I'll do good for a few months and then fall off again. And then finally, I just got into a really bad place where I I just felt desperate enough to say, you know what, I I do need help. I I actually need some help here. And so I made that decision to do that. And I, I, I want to get into all of that and what brought you, you know, mm-hmm. kind of there. Like you said in 2006, you, you were on a weight loss journey. Like 
where was, you know, was that your first attempt at losing weight in 2006? Had you been kind of a chronic dieter before that? Like, what what brought you to that uh, point? I, I want to say I was a chronic dieter. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, That's Mike. Okay. No, I was just going to say, like, what? Let's. I don't want. I don't want to jump to where you're at right now. You know. Oh, okay. Let's. Let's. let's I want to talk about because I. I think the journey you've been on is is a part of this. Like, sure. so 2006. You know, you started a serious weight loss effort. Like, where was your weight yeah. at at that point, and how did you? You know, what what brought you to the decision then that you were going to make change? Okay, so around. 2006. Well, actually, it started before that. It was around 2003. I had started my weight loss journey. I was 410 at that time. I uh, was. I wouldn't say it was a chronic dieter because, to be honest with you, I never. It never really dawned on me to do any dieting. I was just. I kind of grew into being a big person and just dealt with it. And then I got married uh, in 2003, and my wife, uh, at the time, my first wife. Uh, her and I decided to join Weight Watchers, and I hit it off with the group of you know people you know in my Sunday group, and I stuck with them for many years after that, and was pretty successful uh, with Weight Watchers at that time. Uh, learned a lot, learned my portion sizes because up until that point, I had no clue about weighing and measuring and portion sizes. I was completely lost. The other thing that was really eye-opening was how much I didn't need to eat at the time to feel like I was satisfied. So I learned there was so much learning going on through that process of when I was with Weight Watchers at that time. So uh, in 2006, uh, like I said, you know, I was on that weight loss journey. I was determined and doing really well. I started getting to running and stuff like that as a, well, I had a passenger on my bus who was a marathon runner and he got me into, you know, the idea of running. And so I kind of got into it with him and kind of gave up my car, uh, within six miles of my house. So I would, you know, run or walk everywhere within about six or so miles from my house. And then one morning, you know, I was on my way to work like a typical morning and, uh, you know, was hit by a car. Yeah. And, and which, know. again, to kind of stay in that place, like to go from 410 to now running, you know, running and walking anything that was in six miles is, is a significant change. Like, and, you know, as you were learning things in that experience with Weight Watchers, like, did you... Was that when had you started at that point, you know, identifying what brought you to 410 pounds, you know, in terms of your relationship with food or, you know, for some people, it's, you know, not really knowing about food and just kind of thinking that they're they're in an OK place. And for other people, they know, you know, there's a consciousness of, of their behavior. Right. It actually was after that. Uh, OK, so. Fast forwarding to, let's see, I was, I think it was around 2000, I don't know, 13 or 14. Um, again, I was on a, another weight loss journey and I met up with uh, a gentleman. His name was Ahmed Tafti. He was uh, uh, an owner of this gym called Fit Body, uh, Fit Body Bootcamp uh, in this town I lived in, in Hapag. 
and they were doing like this transformation competition and stuff like that. And part of me, uh, part of the journey that I was on at that time was he had said, you know, I want you to go see a transformational therapist. So I said, okay. So I went to see this, you know, a therapist and we got to talking and that was, that was really the first time I had an eye-opening experience with my relationship with food. And so he, like, it sparked my, uh, my thinking of, you know, what my relationship was, was with food and, and how abusive it was all those years up until that point. Um, and I also at that time began, uh, going into like Overeaters Anonymous and sitting in with the groups and, you know, getting in touch with, you know, that side of things, uh, you know, therapeutic side of things and, accepting you know the idea that i had this abusive relationship with food and now i need to manage that relationship if i'm gonna be successful moving on and so start i was with uh away for a few years and you know i went through the 12 steps and was working with the sponsor and everything and learned a lot being in that program and stuff um and you know, that was information that I carried on even to this day. Like there's just certain things like, you know, for today and like little books and stuff that I keep around. And every once in a while when I'm having a, you know, a, a mental struggle, I'll go back to the books and, you know, read a couple passages. And, and it always just seems like whatever you pick up to read happens to be what you need to see in that moment. You know, it's, it's really fascinating. Like the spiritual side of, um, healing from overeating you know no it's it definitely that, is uh, yeah it's really incredible stuff yeah. but you have to be open to it in order to have that information around you too so you know it worked out worked out so yeah i think that's a key in it you know it's that idea of, of needing to be you know i have my own you know personal experiences i i, I attended oa for a while and there were some things for me that were fantastic. And then there were things for me that when I look back on it now, I just wasn't open to, you know, like, right. I got gotcha. you, you know, which, and, and part of that is like when you have to kind of, there's things you need to admit about yourself and things you need to be, you know, open, you know, open raw wounds in some ways. And, you know, for me at that point, it just wasn't a place that I was in, but when you are able to do that, there can be a powerful connection there. And, you know, it's it's great to hear kind of the lessons that, that came for you there that you still carry today. And also knowing, like you said, you had your, your experience with Weight Watchers, the accident. And, you know, when you, you know, looking at that, the kind of ups and downs over that, you know, what are we looking at? Like a seven year period, you know, 2006, the accident, you know, 2013, this next experience kind of started like, do you, was it? Because obviously there's a physical impact of the, you know, what, what happened to you, you know, traumatic physical impact, you know, impacting what you're able to do physically. But in terms of that mental relationship with yourself and with food, you know, there, there seems like there were some ups and downs in there, like that were strongly mm -hmm. affected by these different traumatic experiences. Yeah, that definitely was. Um, all right. So. We'll say like when I started with Weight Watchers and, you know, started that weight loss process, 
a lot of that stuff stuck with me for a really long time and, and was helpful in trying to maintain and keeping my weight down. You know, I did fluctuate up and down and stuff like that, but it never really got out of hand till I had my, you know, when I had that, my re-injury in 2018, um, when I was basically, you know, out of commission, I just took a turn for the worse and whatnot. And I, I literally just to have full transparency. I just didn't care anymore about the type of food I was eating, the quality of food I was eating. Um, I just didn't care anymore. And unfortunately, like, you know, it impacted myself. It impacted my family. I have, you know, kids and stuff. And it just really, really took a toll on me to the point where, you know, once I realized how, like, how big I was, I didn't even, I didn't, wasn't even able to weigh myself because, you know, my scale didn't go that high. I had, I had started the process of, you know, the weight loss surgery, which was when I got my number of 425 and then realized, you know, things are out of hand. Um, my wife had found this place called Harmony, which is uh, like a rehabilitation center for mental wellness. And I went, I went into that facility for 30 days and it just seemed to work out perfectly because when I got through that wellness program, that was like two days after that was when I had my weight loss surgery. So mm. it just seemed to like work out. Yeah. So, um, so, so let's get into yeah. some of that. Like what, sure. What brought, so obviously you had started the process for weight loss surgery before Harmony. Mm-hmm. What, what brought in your estimation, like what was it that brought you to the place of saying, I need this help. I need to use this tool. Okay. I when I guess over the course of the time where my weight was really starting to go up, you know, like I've I've you know, seeing the guys on like Instagram and through Twitter and stuff like that, like like you and Alex and Fifty Rock and you know, you guys that really have the strive and determination to, you know, be consistent with your weight loss and stuff like that. I always just like admired that that drive and that will that you guys had, and I, I just I wanted that for myself. And so periodically, you know, I was like, I'm getting back on the bandwagon. I'm going to get back and do this. And I just had to come to grips with the idea that I I need something. I need a little bit more help than what I'm able to do for myself. And so it. I just, I just became so desperate that I just thought that that was the best thing that I could do at the time was to say, you know what, I, I'm trying to, I try to do this naturally. I've done it naturally before, you know, but now at my age and everything like that, like I, I have to accept the fact that I, I need some help beyond what I'm able to do for myself. I just, I, it was just something I had to come to grips with. And so, you know, it, that's really all that it was, was just being so desperate in the moment to say, you know what, I, I really tried to do this, you know, naturally. And I, you know, well, I think that desperation is important for people to hear, like, 
because I, I think sometimes we get this perception, you know, and I don't know where it comes from. I think it's that perception that goes back to, you know, weight loss surgery is, is a quote unquote easy way out. Like people think that the decision is made lightly, that it's, it comes from a place of, oh, I just don't feel like doing anything else. So I'll, I'll do this instead and it'll be easier for me. And I think when you get into those, you know, the conversations I've had with so many people on this show, you know, and what we're talking about right now is that that decision comes from a completely different place. You know, it comes from that place of what I, I've done these things and it didn't, it wasn't something that I lasted with. It didn't work. You know, did it, did it work in the short term? Yes. Was it something that I could keep up consistently? You know, just building into that place of these are the things that I've tried. I need to try something else. And I, and I, and knowing that you needed more help with it, I, I think is just, is a powerful realization and it's not an easy one, you know, for sure. And where in that mental process of, of making that decision to, to get into the, the process for surgery, which, you know, we've gone over many times on this show, if people haven't listened to episodes where we talk about what it's like to, you know, not just raise the issue, but then actually what you have to go through to be prepared for it and, and all of those pieces. But, you know, then the, the experience of working on your mental health at the, the Harmony Rehab, like where, how did that kind of come into play for you? Like, when did you decide that not only did you need this physical tool, but you needed help, you know, on that, on that mental stre strength side? Um, okay. So, when I knew, when I knew that, you know, my, my surgery date was, you know, getting close, um, like I'm, I'm one of those types of people that I would consider myself an overthinker. And so, you know, just sitting there and just trying to figure out, you know, what's the best way I'm going to be able to move forward. What's the best way I'm going to be able to be successful with this weight loss surgery moving forward? What are the things I'm going to have to do? And these were questions I would have discussions with myself constantly. And so even though I've done a lot of work in the past, um, there's just something else I just felt like I needed at the time. And so I just, you know, I came to grips with the idea that, you know, maybe if I reach out to somebody and try to get some help from a different perspective from different points of view uh let's just see what happens so i had the discussion you know with my wife and said listen you know obviously i've been very depressed as of late uh i'm really struggling i really don't know what else to do and so she said you know what i'm really happy that you're saying this let's see what we can do and she actually, you know, went on the computer and said, you know, what about this place? What do you think? And I said, you know what? Let's call them up and find out what, you know, what can take place from here on out. And so one thing led to another. And literally within a couple of days, I was heading out to go down to Harmony up in North Carolina. And so, uh, you know, went to this facility and uh you know we had meetings I, like we would start meetings at uh, nine o'clock in the morning i'd be there till 5 30 in the afternoon and you know there was different subjects we spoke about each day and 
Um, I think just being there and being out of my situation at home was the best thing for me to kind of get my mind back on track. And so being able to listen to other people's stories, listening to, uh, you know, other people's trials and tribulations and being able to help them got just my thought process going. And that healing seemed to really come on pretty quick. Like I felt like once I was there around two, two and a half weeks or so that I felt like I was back. Like my, my mental strength was back, uh, looking forward to the future, you know, being bright and positive was back. And, you know, I, I was determined to lose weight while I was there and kind of put myself on a reasonably restrictive way of eating while I was there. Cause, um, you know, they allot you a certain amount of money for the week and everything like that. So I just programmed myself to do what I absolutely could that would maximize my weight loss while I was there so that it would kind of spark, you know, this motivation going into the weight loss surgery and just try to have, you know, a good train of things going on one consistently right after another. And so just try to put things together and it worked, it's worked out great and it's continuing, you know, as of today too. So but it was that process of just accepting the idea that I, I, I have to, I have to try to, I, I need some help, and it's got to come from other places where I, I'm not used to you, you know, getting my information from, you know, because I like to read, you know, I read a lot of books and stuff, and I don't have, I don't talk to a lot of people who deal with, you know, eating issues and, you know, motivation. Like I'm kind of you know, by myself here in South Carolina, like my whole friend structure was back in New York. I'm originally from Long Island. And so being here, I'm not that I've isolated myself and not that I'm not a friendly person, but I, you know, I don't have my friend structure or my friend base here. It's so, you know, just had to kind of figure things out, yeah. you know? And there's something powerful about, again, it goes back to that place of, admitting that where you were at mentally you needed support and you needed help and you needed a tool to help you with that and it's not to say that every person who is is overweight deals with depression but depression certainly influences all areas of our lives including our weight and our health you know there can be a, there can be a significant impact so i think there's something you know in a lot of ways for you like a perfect storm there like you said of finding finding harmony going through that experience coming out of harmony and two days later your weight loss surgery like yeah you know there's it, it's almost like you you primed yourself like in terms of preparation like what what do you think are the biggest lessons that you learned from your experience at harmony i i will tell you this i was one of the things was the realization of how lucky i actually was that you know, like a lot of people, like a lot of the people that I met there and the challenges that they have that brought them there, I was so grateful that I didn't have to deal with a lot of the stuff because it, along alongside of the mental health aspect of it, there was substance abuse aspect of it. And so everybody kind of, you know, 
work together, all right? And so you hear stories of, you know, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, um, you know, uh, people's uh, issues with, you know, having challenges with things that went on in their life where people didn't treat them kindly. We'll just say, because I don't want to be too descriptive with, you know, what the stories they were sharing, but uh, it, some people were sharing some incredibly rough things. And so I'm thinking to myself, not to, not to um, take away from the challenges that I had for myself, but I was grateful that I had the challenges that I had and that I'm there and I, I'm able to kind of work through my stuff and not have to deal with the, the extras of drug abuse or alcohol abuse or, you know, other things that come along with that, those types of behaviors, you know, cause I give so much credit to people who, who do deal with that and are fighting to, keep their sobriety because it's incredibly difficult. And I'm just grateful that I don't have to deal with that struggle on top of what I already have, because I don't know if I, I don't know if I would have the strength to deal with that. You know, it's tough. It takes us, you know, you got to be a special kind of person to fight for your sobriety every single day. That's not to say that I'm not fighting for my sobriety of overeating or, abusing food and stuff like that because I definitely deal with that but I'm grateful that I don't have those additional challenges mm -hmm. if that makes does that make sense yeah I think it does <laughs> like okay and I think there's something really powerful about having that experience not just seeing the different challenges that people go through but like you said the community aspect that that communal piece you know, I think that's something that a lot of people look for online, like in the Instagram space or Twitter, like hearing, knowing that we're not alone, even if we're dealing with different challenges is just such an important, powerful part of the work we need to do for ourselves. You know, because yes, at the end of the day, you know, we're the person making the decisions for ourselves and going through those things and making the choices to use different tools. But when you feel like you're making those decisions isolated on an island and no one else in the world is going through something similar or, or something parallel, it's, it's challenging because then it feels like, well, there's no answer for me because my, my situation is so special and unique that right. there must not be a way out. You of get it. that. What was me feeling? Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, I think that comes into play, you know, when people see, you know, other, you know, let's talk specifically in the weight loss space, when people see other people having success and they say, well, if, if I had the same willpower as you, or I had the same motivation or the same life as you, I could do it too, but I just can't because my situation is different. And everyone's situation is different. Everyone's situation is different, but there's a, there's a commonality of struggle that allows you to at least see hope and possibility. And when you see that other people are, you know, that's one of the reasons why I did, I started this show was not just for every person, you know, to have one type of story that one type of person is going to respond to. It's realizing that in every person's story, whether a person comes on and talks about they had weight loss surgery or they used keto or they went vegan or, or they just counted calories, like understanding though, a lot of the, the mental side of it are similar challenges. And it's when you keep yourself closed off to the idea that maybe you could learn something from someone else's experience, 
that you miss out on opportunities, you know, to help yourself. Exactly. And that's, that was the one thing that, that I was so drawn to when I started listening to your podcast was it seemed like every single guest you had, I was like, I like you, I could relate to at least some portion of their story. And then you just, you make this connection. It's like, you know, you want to hear somebody else's story because, you know, they have another challenge that might relate to you. And then the thing was seeing how they were able to deal with it and overcome. And you're like, oh, well, that's a good idea. I'm going to apply that to myself. And you start listening to people, you know, in a very specific way so that you make these mental notes so that when you're faced with that challenge in your life, that you could be like, oh, I've learned this. Let me apply it and see how this works for me. You know, and that's why, like, oh, go ahead. Okay. So, you know, like listening to all the different stories of all the guys that you had on here has been so helpful and so beneficial to, you know, my mental strength and, you know, and finding my way back, you know, onto this path of, of feeling, you know, good for myself. Because, you know, when you're in that dark place, man, you just, you're just completely lost and you feel helpless. And the it's such a weird thing because you sit there and you struggle with being lost, but at the same time, you know how to get out of it. But for some reason you're stuck. You, you don't know, like you just have this, this challenge of getting started and, and that consistency of maintaining forward momentum. And it's like, you just keep, it always just feels like something keeps derailing you, but really you're, you know, it's you not being consistent enough. Like, at least for me, like the truth is I just wasn't consistent enough and I had to find that consistency. And so put in those days in and, and, you know, just keep on pushing forward and no matter what comes on, at least do the minimum for the day. You don't have to be. 110% every day, all day, you know, it's like, I think it was like Poro where I learned that 1%, you know, just putting in that 1% will get you over that hump for those days that you're really, really struggling, you know, just doing something keeps that forward momentum. But when you're in those dark places, you, you can't, it's, it's hard to get, it's hard to look for that 1% to, to get you that, mo you know, to get you motivated. And so, you know, people who are looking to start their weight loss journeys and or, you know, find that momentum for themselves, you know, you just have to you have to come to grips with the idea that it, it is going to take consistency and it's going to be hard. You're going to have really hard days. But if you're consistent, it's going to get a little bit better. And those Days are going to come few and far between, and before you know it, you'll put a week in, two weeks in, a month in, and so on and so forth. And before you know it, you lost 10, 20, 30 pounds, and you start to feel like, oh, man, I could freaking do this. Like, And then you know, you start educating yourself and talking to more people and learning more things, and you know, you're really starting that momentum of wellness and mental health and then 
and then the next thing you feel like is you want to be helpful to the next person and pay forward and help as many people as you can along the way. And, you know, and that helps you, you know, on those days that you're struggling because, you know, other people are looking forward, you know, to talking to you and, you know, you don't want to kind of let them down. And so you want to, you know, keep doing the best for yourself and so on and so forth. And you're just kind of helping yourself along by helping other people along, you know? And I think that's what I see in you. Like, you know, the challenges that you had when you went from, you know, from 500 pounds to 200 pounds back to 500 pounds. And you, like, you didn't give up. Like, you kept on pushing forward and figuring out your best way forward. And then as you were doing that, now you have this podcast where you start helping, I mean, hundreds of people, it seems, you know? And so as you're, keeping yourself on track, you're bringing all these other people along that, you know, just see you as like this guiding light of, you know, he was able to do it and helping people along and I'm going to do the same thing. And then it's just like it created this train of, you know, doing well for themselves so that, you know, they could be helpful to other people too. No, and there's definitely something powerful in that. And you, you know, I'm going to want to talk about consistency because it it is the primary thing that I think most people need to work towards when they're, especially when they're embarking on a weight loss journey. And the, the message that I want to make sure that people understand in all of it is because I think sometimes when we, we see posts on social media or we talk about it ourselves, the perception is that consistency is a switch that you flip. And it's like, you go from one day, I'm not doing anything to the next day. I'm consistent in all areas. And there's a difference between saying, you need to get to that place of consistency and saying consistency is easy. Just do it because that's not what is being, that's not what the real message is. The real message is that consistency is hard and consistency you have to fight for and you have to find ways to allow it to grow. And like, you know, you reference Poro and 1% better. And a lot of people talk about that and there's some power to it because, you know, I, I, I think about conversations I have with clients and, when we talk about, you know, when I ask them the question, you know, I, I end up invariably at, at, at some point asking everyone the question, you know, what are the things you need to be doing every day to move you towards your goals? And they'll come back with a list of 10, 15, 20 things. And I know that right now they're not even doing two of those things. And it's that fire, that desire to go from zero to 100, the all or nothing mentality leads to failure because they look at that list of this 50, these 10, 15 things that I need to be doing every day to move my health forward. And if I'm not doing all of them, then I'm a failure. Instead of saying, okay, let me, let me get consistent with two or three of these things. Let me, let me get consistent with one thing. Let me start with one thing that I'm going to do consistently. You know, like I, I take activity as an example. You know, a person says, you know, for me, I, you know, when I felt best before I was in the gym five times a week and I say, okay, how many times a week are you going to the gym right now? None. Well, are you doing any f intentional activity? Well, right now it's nothing. I'm like, okay. So the goal of going from nothing to five times a week is probably not a great idea. Let's, let's start to build a routine so that you are making time for the gym. And if the first thing you do is just walk for 10, 15 minutes a day, three times a week, two times a week, once a week, doing that consistently is what you can build on. It's like 
Consistency is about building a foundation and then things grow from there. It's not about saying I have to be 100% perfect because if I'm not 100% perfect, I'm a failure. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. Like all of those thoughts can start to come back in. And I think, I think one of the things in it too is having the goal of consistency is a better goal to start with than I want to lose 50 pounds. Because to lose 50, to lose 50 pounds, you're going to need routines and consistent habits and processes in place that are going to help get you there. And they don't happen overnight. They don't happen magically. So doing the consistent work to build those things that are going to bring you to that life are the things you should be focused on. So I think it's great that you brought that up. You know, I think it's great that you brought that up. And I think, yes, there's that outgrowth of, especially when you're someone who's on a journey and you're having some success, you're finding that you're finally finding the things that work for you and you're seeing other people around you struggle and feel like they're alone and feel like they can't do it. You have that natural desire to say, I want other people to know that they can do it. And the way that, that I did it might not be the way that they end up doing it, but I want them to know that it's possible. So that right. and that's, desire that's the to beautiful share thing is, about is powerful. It. Mm -hmm. no, go ahead. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing about it. Now, like, you know, going back to what you were saying, you know, with the, with, you know, people finding their consistency and, you know, how they were, you know, all in an all or nothing pattern, you know, I think you, I think you'll agree with this, that it's part of that experience of learning. You know, you have to go through that experience of knowing what it's like to be at a hundred, you know, moving at a hundred miles an hour to nothing then to realize, okay, I had this experience. This is what I learned from it. And now moving forward, I have to, you know, even if I'm at 5% or 10%, if I'm doing something, it's definitely going to be better than absolutely doing nothing. Because when I do nothing, that's only going to lead to to the worst, the worst possible outcome, which is, you know, back into that dark place and we don't we definitely don't want to go there. So finding that little bit to just keep us going is at at the bare minimum what you just need to do to keep yourself heading towards we'll just say quote unquote the light. You know, so that you don't fall back into those things where um you know, you just completely mentally fall apart or physically fall apart and have these all these setbacks and now you have to kind of overcome all the setbacks to bring you back to zero where you have to feel like you're starting all over again. Cause that's a struggle in and of itself. You know, if you just, you know, have that acceptance and that understanding that it's okay, make mistake, move forward. Totally fine. One mistake, 10 mistakes, a hundred mistakes is not going to be that setback to bring you from hundred pounds to, you know, 500 pounds, you know, of weight loss. It's, it's just not going to do it. So be okay with knowing you're going to make mistakes. You have to learn. A, that's part of the process. You know, there's so many things to learn, especially, you know, with every person individually, you know, you're going to learn things differently than everybody else. You know, the more people you talk to, the more the more ways you're going to hear somebody say something in a different way that's going to turn that light bulb on for yourself. 
Because you could hear something a million times and it never makes sense to you. But all of a sudden, that million and first time that somebody says it, all of a sudden that light bulb goes on. You know, but it's that willingness of of wanting to learn that kept you going where all of a sudden that particular thing you need to learn is now why you're learning it now. You know, you just, you never turned off that willingness to learn and that consistency, the willingness to learn and just, you know. No, I think that makes a lot of sense, man. And I want to, I want to get back into your story and get into that, you know, get into the pieces of, you know, you had your weight loss surgery. Like that was, was it August of last year? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, August twenty fifth. So, what was that? What was the experience like for you, and you know, and 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 also, you know, the weeks and months that followed after? Okay, so during that during that whole time when I was like working up to the surgery date and and thereafter, uh, I was just I kind of started reading a lot of like the Facebook posts of people who had the bariatric surgery and just to kind of gauge, you know, what people were feeling like before, during, and after what they were doing. And, you know, and you hear, you know, horror stories and everything like that. And to be honest with you, I was just taking all that information with a grain of salt and just to give me a baseline of expectation. Okay. For me personally, I had an excellent experience. You know, I had my surgery. I was in the hospital for a couple of days after, you know, they have this, you know, you have to be able to have, you know, eight ounces within, uh, you know, an hour or so before you're able to go home and, and all this. Um, I, I, I had a very, very good experience with all that drinking my water and get my protein in and stuff like that. And then, you know, go, you know, the several weeks after that, where you, you know, you go through the process of, soft foods and pureed foods and and things of that nature um and i a lot of that was based on all the work that i did while i was with weight watchers because i don't i never minded you know the weighing and measuring and you know the different types of foods and you know what's going to work best with pureed and how is it going to make me feel uh, basically, all I had to do was just be concerned with how my body was going to react with something that I was going to eat. So I would make something and taste it, give myself, you know, 15, 20 minutes to see how I reacted to it before I said, all right, I can implement this now. And, you know, just kind of started my momentum with that and, you know, kind of played this game of, you know, what I was going to be able to tolerate as far as different, uh, you know, different foods being reintroduced into my eating structure. And so now there's certain things I, I just don't feel comfortable eating by themselves. Like I used to love eating chicken. And now I have to, I kind of have to have it in a much smaller portion and I have to have it with, um, you know, other things like, you know, some types of vegetables and stuff like that, because for some reason it was just hard for me to digest that straight protein of chicken. But if I 
incorporated with a couple of other things, I seem to digest it a little bit better and it makes me more comfortable to get that, you know, that protein in. And so it was just a little, you know, trial and error with different things. No, I think it makes sense. And that's a good perspective. Like going into continuing that process of being willing to learn, you know, as you mm-hmm. go into this new experience, you know, went into that new, you know, the new experience of it all. And it wasn't, it wasn't that long ago, you know, we're, what are, we're heading on an almost, you know, seven months out for you, man. Like what, what is life like for you now on a day-to-day basis? Oh man, I'll tell you. It's, it's like night and day from, like, from the time that I started to now, it's like night and day. Whereas before that, you know, when I was, you know, in the 400s and, you know, just trying to get up from my chair just to go to the bathroom was a struggle. Just trying to do little things in the house was a struggle because I still, like, I have physical challenges, so that doesn't help either, you know. Um, but having that weight on top of it just made things so much worse. And then with all that, you know, my, like, you know, my mental health at the time before I started all this, it was like, you know, if I, if I get up from this chair, you know, I'm going to have to deal with this and I'm going to have to deal with that. And so you kind of meant like you, you kind of beat yourself up before you even ate, before you were able to even do something. And now, you know, I'm down, you know, around a little over 130 pounds now, but I don't struggle getting up from the chair. I don't struggle with, you know, go, you know, doing my walks or going to the gym. Uh, I don't struggle with the thought of, you know, now I have to find a new way to keep myself clean because I can't even reach my, you know, my areas. Like I have to use, you know, different things to kind of help myself. Like, all those things I don't have to worry about anymore. You know, all those things that were detrimental to my mental health. Like now, like I'm finding myself being somewhat reasonably normal. I guess it's arguable to say whether I consider myself normal or not. But, you know, I don't like it's so much. It's I have so much more pleasure in my day now that I don't have to deal with those thoughts and those feelings, you know, like I love being able to get up and say, you know, my kids saying, let's go to the pool today, you know, on the weekends where before I had to make 101 excuses of, you know, I can't go because of this and I can't go because of that. Now it's like, I can't wait to take my kids to go to the pool and join them in swimming and and having fun or taking my son to the gym and we go walk around the track, you know, like, even I mean, I, I use a walker and stuff like that, but I'm going, I'm doing things. And that's all that matters to me. Like I'm, I'm not stuck in my chair. I'm not stuck in my house and I'm not stuck in that thought of that. woe is me mentality? Cause finding my way out of that darkness was, I just wanted to get out of that. And if I knew if I can get out of that, I'm going to take full advantage of it and I'm just going to do whatever I can. And I'm going to fight like hell for the rest of my life because I know what it was like to be in that really dark place for a very long time. It seemed like forever. I mean, it was a few years I was really struggling, but it felt like it was forever. And I never, never, ever want to go back to that. Never, ever. And so, you know, now 
I take my health seriously. I weigh, I measure my food all the time, no matter what. I food prep my stuff because when I'm hungry, I want to be able to have that something that I know is within my structure that I can have comfortably and that it's not going to have any mental setback. Because sometimes, I don't, and I don't know about anybody else, but there are certain foods, like if I have something, it like I could have mental setbacks or physical setbacks and then, you know, have this, um, this kind of, oh, well, I had this, so my whole day is shot type of mentality. Like I went through all that, but now I've set myself up where I don't, I don't have to deal with that. You know, my successes, I, you know, I food prep my stuff. I know what I can have and I'm, and I'm good. I'm good to go. And as long as I stay consistent with that, because that's, that's where a lot of my consistency comes is just being prepared for those moments of when I'm hungry, when I need to have something to get me through, you know, and just being prepared, being prepared for that stuff. And then, you know, going for walks and getting myself back to, you know, some sort of physical shape, you know, is another thing too. So. Yeah. So let's talk about like, what are the goal? What are the goals you're working towards now? My, my goals. Of, I, I mean, I used to, I used to try to be very complex with, you know, setting my goals and stuff like that. And sometimes I would make them unattainable, but not realizing that they were unattainable. So I would, you know, set those goals. Now, my my goal is this. Every week, Sundays, food prep, make sure that I have my food for the week. When it comes to my physical goals, things I want to accomplish for the week, I want to be able to at least go to, you know, go for a walk at least three to four times a week. Usually, usually four times a week. I, I've been consistent with going four times a week. And then on the weekends, you know, my kids want to go to the pool and I'll do extra activity and I'll go to the pool. And while they're swimming, I have a little workout routine that I have for myself and I'll do a little workout routine in the pool because it's just easier on my joints and, mm -hmm. and my, my feet and stuff. And so. Well, I'm sorry. Hold there's, on no, there's a lot of hard, and there's a lot of hard work going on in there, man. Like, and I don't want. You know, and I know you don't want the impression to be that you had the surgery and now everything's 100% easy. Like, what are the things right. that challenge, what are the things that really challenge you now? I'll honestly, you know, because, you know, my wife and kid, you know, having, you know, having a family and having them, you know, eat, we'll just say eating quote unquote the regular way. I'm the person that does the cooking in the house. That is challenging to me, or it was, it was in the beginning. Now it's, it's gotten a lot easier because like I said, you know, if I food prep for myself, making food for them is not difficult for me anymore. It was in the beginning. Cause it's like, oh, they're having this and I'll just take a bite of this and I'll have a bite of that. And another issue or challenge I had was, you know, when they don't finish it, I was the one that was eating the leftovers. I don't do that anymore. 
you know, that that's like the biggest, that's like, those were like the biggest challenges for me. But like, you know, making sure that I have to, you know, make their food and make sure that they're taken care of. That was really, really tough for me in the beginning. Because I, I had these really bad habits, you know, I that I had to break. And it took a little bit of time. But understanding that I needed to have a plan going into this. And my plan, you know, prepping my food and making sure that I would have what I need to have for myself. And then understanding that, you know, they don't have, they're not going to be able to, they're not going to eat this way. They're not going to eat this type of food. So I have to be okay with making their food. And, and that, again, you know, those things that I learned with going to Overeaters Anonymous and going to Weight Watchers and sitting in those groups and, you know, listening to other people's stories and how, you know, they thought about how they are around their families and cooking for them. And like all that, all that material comes into mind when I had to determine how I was going to move forward with my surgery, my success and my family and having them have their quote unquote normal lives too, you know, because just because I'm doing this for myself doesn't mean that everybody in my family has to go along with me. I have to be okay with them having their own life and you know, maybe I can make healthy choices for them, which I do for the most part. And they come along, you know, for the ride when it comes to, you know, making better choices with the type of food that I bring in the house because I also do the shopping. So, like, instead of them having, you know, like my kids having McDonald's, you know, once a week or something like that, I'll say, you know, I can go and get, you know, like the bear, the bear nuggets from, you know, from Costco and you guys can have chicken nuggets that way, you know, like making better choices for the type of food that they want to have, you know, so all that kind of plays into it. But, you know, I don't have no, like not everybody has to be on a diet in my house just because I'm on a diet or, or that I was losing weight. And, you know, so, you know, I don't have to have that, that mental thought of, oh, well, if I'm doing this, everybody has to do it. Otherwise I can't be successful. Like I just have to be okay with knowing I have to do this for me and then I have to be okay with how they want to live their lives. And so I'm going to help them along with whatever they want to do and I'll make their food and stuff like that. And when they have leftovers or whatnot, I'm just going to discard it and be okay with it. You know, that was, that was really tough in the beginning. That was really tough. Did I answer you? Yeah, I no, I know. I think you did. Or did I just did. go off on a tangent? No, I think you did, man. I think, I'm sorry. You know, and, and and you've shared, you know, a lot of your your journey and perspective. And I, what one one question I, you know, I, I have a bigger question, you know, that kind of brings us towards the the end of the discussion. But before we get to that, like in all the hard work you're doing and the challenges that you have faced and you are facing, like what are the things that make you happy? You know, what are the things that don't just have you wake up in the morning and say, I need to keep doing this, but what are the things that make you say, I want to keep doing this work? Oh, I, I, okay. That's, that's such a great question because I, I love to, I, I love, even though I had a lot of struggles in my life. Okay. I am so grateful that I've had those struggles because now I really appreciate where I'm at. Like I love being able to wake up and be able to do things without all this, all these excuses that I used to have for myself. Like, 
I'm I'm too heavy for this. I'm too fat for this. And I, I like all those excuses I had for myself. Like being being really heavy and not being able to do things and excluding myself from so many things always weighed on my mind. Now it's different. Now I'm able to not feel like I have to exclude myself. So being able to be part of my family, being able to be part of my kids' lives, picking my, you know, taking my kids to school every day and being able to pick them up, being able to be okay with them. Anytime they say they want to go to the park, being okay to say, yes, I'm going to take you to the park. Like, I, I don't know if anyone's had to deal with feeling like when they say no to their kids, like how, how horrible like they like you can feel when you say no when they want to go to the park and get exercise because we live in an apartment complex we don't i don't have property where they could just get out and take their bikes and go like we i actually have to take them to go to the park and so when i was really in that darkest place i i didn't want to be around people and so my kids suffered from that and that used to break my heart now it makes me so happy that I can fulfill that for them, that I can be there for them when they want to go and do things. And especially for myself, like knowing that I can go sit in the sunlight now, I can be outside and be okay knowing that I can, you know, walk a certain distance so that I can go sit on the park bench while they go and play and be out there for a few hours. Like that's where my happiness is, is knowing that I can provide for myself, but more importantly, I can provide for my family, not just physically, but mentally, I can be there for them, you know, when they want to come to me with their problems, you know, their struggles or what they're dealing with for the day. I'm mentally tough and mentally strong enough that I can deal with that now. Whereas before it was like, I was just so into me and trying to figure out the stuff to try to help myself that it took away from so many things. And Knowing that I'm able to reflect on all that and be able to use that now makes me so grateful and so happy now. That that's awesome to hear, man. And I think that is something a lot of the you know, a lot of the parents that struggle with weight issues listening can relate to. You know, that idea of feeling like you ha you have to say no at times and to things that you know if you were to make changes in your life that you could say yes to. And that's a, it's a hard place. And it's, it, it's especially a hard place when instead of generating motivation or inspiration, it generates shame or it generates negativity, you know, that reinforces the behaviors. So it's great to hear someone that was in that place and came out of it. I think that's a, you know, an overlying message from this discussion is realizing that you can be in a really dark place and you can feel like you tried to get out of it and you failed and you tried to get out of it and you failed. But if you don't give up, you're going to find a way to get back. Exactly. To that light. Exactly. And that's, and that, that goes back to what we were saying before failure or quote unquote, we'll just say quote unquote failure. That is part of your experience. That is part of a learning process. Some people are able to fight through it and, and find their way faster than others. Some people have to be in, you know, in that shit, sorry, but they have to be in that 
for some time in order, you know, enough time for them to figure it out. However, it's going to come to them, but they're going to have to be in that long enough for them to figure out how to get out of it. And so, you know, some people are able to, you know, work their way towards that light a lot faster than others. But the understanding, you know, just have that understanding that that's your experience. It's part of the process and that's okay. But be okay with it and be able to reflect on it. And so you, you're able to use that information for the next person who is, you know, fighting those demons and fighting their way to find their way back towards feeling better about themselves and, you know, putting one foot in, in front of the other to try to build their self momentum and consistency. You know, having those struggles is rough for you, but it's going to be better for the next person you're going to be able to help out because maybe you're able to put it in a way to them that's going to, you know, cut that time of them being in the thick of it, you know, in a, in a shorter time. Instead of them going years, maybe they'll do it in a couple weeks or a couple months and be able to help themselves out of it just because you already went through it, you know? 100%, man. And Dina, I really appreciate everything that you shared with us today and the messages that you brought along with it. Uh, so I want to say a big thank you to you for coming on the show this week. Well, thank you, too, because it was your post. You know, you, you posted that on Instagram about, you know, having, you know, food addictions and stuff like that. And I was like, man, you know, I, I would love to be able to have that conversation with you and, and be able to talk with you because I know that, you know, you dealt with a lot. And I know a lot of people that listen to you deal with a lot. And if they could just have one other person in their stable of somebody they can go to who can be relatable or relate to the things that they were dealing with and being able to help that next person along really means so much to, you know, to not just their success, but, you know, our success, like your success, my success, and then theirs, you know, just being able to have that, that train of, of help is so, so beneficial. You know, 100% man. And Dean, if they want to connect with you, where do they mm -hmm. find you, man? Uh, on Instagram, I'm road to dot self love. Um, and you could message me there and DM me, or you could email me at deanmassa at gmail.com. And, you know, mm -hmm. we can chat that way. And definitely. And I will put links to your, your your social in the show notes for the episode, of course, man. And as a listener of the show, you know what's coming next. Yes, sir. It's time for the Fat Guy Five. I feel like at some <laughs> point I need a theme song, like a little jingle that plays when I announce the Fat Guy Five. That, that's going to be taking the podcast to the next level. I need to I need to do some digging and find some find <laughs> some music to to put in there. So I'm going to work on that, people. I'm going to work on it. But Dean, let's get into it, man. Question number one. Who's your favorite fat guy? My favorite fat guy were, is actually a friend of mine who had passed away some time ago. His name was Danny Chariton. Uh, just a really good friend of mine who was on a weight loss journey and wound up passing away from sleep apnea. You know, he had lost a lot of weight. And then kind of gained it back and had some challenges and stuff. But 
the the guy was just he was just an amazing person. And no matter whenever you were around him, no matter how you felt that day, he there was just something about him that you just you just felt so good that you were in the presence of being with him and he always just made you feel good. He he was just an amazing, amazing person. It sounds like it, man. I, I appreciate you sharing that. That that's a good that's a good shout out. Question number two, man. Tell us something about yourself that you love. One thing I really love about myself is my persistence to not give up. You know, I've had a lot of a lot of challenges, a lot of struggles, and I'm okay with that because being persistent has kept me being a fighter mm-hmm. and trying to figure out ways to just do my best, you know? I love it, man. Question number three. Just that persistency. You know, for sure, man. Question number three. Through everything you've been through, Dean, what is the most important new habit that you've built? I would say... Um... I would say food prep for me has been really beneficial because like I said, you know, I, I do the cooking for my family. So if, if I'm prepared for myself, I don't have to kind of eat what they're eating and feel like I have to finish their leftovers and stuff like that, you know, and to me, that's really important. So food prep for me is really been key. That's a solid one, man. Question number four, what's one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? I just want to continue reading as as much material as I can and finding new people to talk to and learning as much as I can along the way. Because, you know, life is has a lot of challenges. Life's long. And if you're not learning, you're not growing. That's awesome. That's a good one. And question number five, Dean, last last question of the main show. If you could go back, like I, I want to, I'm going to take you back to Dean when you first started. You know that that first major effort with with Weight Watchers in 2003. If you can go back to that Dean and give him a message, what would it be? I would I would tell him that that love for yourself is worth fighting for. So keep up the fight because it's it's definitely worth it. Finding fighting for the love for yourself is is absolutely worth it. That's that's an awesome message and I think it's a message for everyone listening to hear. It applies to every human being out there, man. So, Dean, thank you one more time for coming on the show. Uh, my conversation with Dean is going to continue on the Patreon after show, but for right now, we're gonna we're gonna just say thank you for sharing your experiences today, man. Well, thank you for this platform and being able to share my story. You know, along with so many other, you know, great 
uh, cast that you've had, you know, who've come on and shared their stories. Because without them, you know, we wouldn't have anything to, you know, to look forward to as far as, you know, feeling like we're alone, you mm -hmm. know, in this whole journey thing, you know. Well, I appreciate that, man. And like I said, Dean's information will be in the show notes for this episode. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Gourmet Goes Keto, on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com and all of that great stuff. And if you are not a member of the Fat Guy Forum Patreon, what are you doing with yourself? It is not expensive. It is a great way to keep the wheels turning here at the show. It is not free to produce this show, and the Patreons really are the ones that keep it alive. So I appreciate them. So a big shout out to everyone who is a Patreon. And if you're interested, you can get in the show notes. There's a link there for you to sign up. And then you get all the after shows. Dean is actually going to be episode, I think, 22 of the after show. So we got that rolling, and I'm excited for you all to be a part of that, too. But until then, my friends, go out there. Do something today to amaze yourselves, because you're the most amazing people I know. Then catch us next time here on the Fat Guy Forum.